Welcome to Cincinnati Foodies, a new community podcast talking all things food in the greater Cincinnati area. Subscribe to our channel for quick 15 to 20 minute bi-weekly updates on restaurant openings, closings, rumors, news, and more. We are your top secret foodie hosts, O-N-G, and we're keeping our identities hidden for now or until this podcast is so huge that we can't hide it anymore. Hey, and welcome back to the Cincinnati Foodies Podcast. How was your week, Elle? It's been a crazy couple of weeks. Work's been insane. Kids' spring sports are starting, so lots of running around. But I've actually made time to get down to Finley Market to do my grocery shopping a few times, which I love. Um, And I actually tried out Loveland's Seafood Station on your recommendation. Oh, yeah. And the salmon I got was phenomenal. I love it there. It was so good. And so it's not the season for wild-cut salmon, wild-caught salmon, So, and I'm a little like wary to do farm raised salmon, but it was really good. And it's sushi grade, which I haven't found anywhere else in Cincinnati. So that's really awesome. I love that place. Um, But honestly, my highlight was attending Food Fight 513. It was such an honor to be invited um, to what used to be an exclusively industry event. And it did not disappoint. The cocktails crafted by Molly Wellman were fantastic. And strong, which they, you never know with pre-made cocktails. They were super strong. Right? And the competition was crazy. Even the potluck. I know. Could you believe that three-way suspended in aspect that Dust Village brought? I know. And how the one cook thought she was putting her name into judge and then got picked to compete. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. It was wild. Could you imagine the look on your face when you weren't sure if our names were in that pot? <laughs> Because, yeah, I thought maybe if you got a ticket, your name just automatically went yeah, in the yeah, pot. Yeah. But no, you have to, like, actually put it in. Yeah, thank God. But she thought she was going to be a ju- just a judge. Just a judge, But yeah. they were like, no, you have to compete. You put your name in the pot. I know. That was crazy. And some of the ingredients were insane, too. It was really awesome. I can't wait till the next one in the fall. But uh, how was your week, G? It was actually a really fun week for me. I went to Bishop's Quarter in downtown Loveland, which a lot of Loveland this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with some friends and we ordered all the fun cocktails and appetizers. So I was happy about that because I'm totally going to make a super cute Instagram reel. Can't so, wait. Yeah, stay tuned for that. And of course, you know, I am weather obsessed and I was gushing over that beautiful 70 degree day we had last week, weren't you? I know I was. I hope everyone was able to get out and enjoy some warmer days. I hear tomorrow is going to be warm too. Ooh. Normally February is a drag for us Cincinnatians, so it's been a great mood booster to have some warm sunny days sneaked into a normally cold winter month. Okay, enough about the weather, G. We have so (laughs) much to discuss, but should we get into it for this week? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. First of all, we have to talk about that event we went to at Peterloon Estate last week, which I have driven by a million times and have always wanted to get into. It was so cool. It was so cool. Oh yeah, we attended a progressive dinner event last week put on by Garnish Catering. We really didn't know what to expect, but when we get there, there's like a whole platter of cheese and charcuterie and a whole bunch of elevated appetizers. Yeah, like seared duck breast on crostini and maple lacquered pork belly with pumpkin seed brittle. Ooh, and beef carpaccio wrapped asparagus. So fancy. No. 
The best were those mini beef wellingtons, though. Mm -hmm. Then we walk into the next room, you know, because it's a progressive event. Yes. And there's a whole Asian noodle station with somebody hand-slicing tuna. And there was a salad bar, too. It was a frisé salad with a tarragon dressing. And there was an Indian food table. And that was really great, too. In the next room, they had a whole dessert presentation and somebody doing flambe mangoes and cherries. Mm, I was a show. Yeah, it was such a show. I was really impressed with everything. I think they do a really good job with their catering services. I feel like we should also mention that Garnish Catering sometimes does a weekly to-go menu, which you got something from last night, right? Yes, I got the meatloaf last night. Mm. And it's super cool. You can either pick up your meal in Blue Ash or have it delivered within a 20-mile radius. What I love about it is every meal is made fresh daily, and there's usually a couple things to choose from. Plus, they offer kids' chicken fingers and spaghetti. That makes it easy. Yeah. And I'll put a link in the show notes, and you guys can sign up to receive emails because they don't offer it every week. But when they do, you'll get an email to place your order. Nice. Okay, so for openings this week, we had some really good ones. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you have to tell us the story about trophy pizza. Oh. (laughs) Okay. So picture this. There is a photographer on Instagram that's local to Cincinnati that I follow. He's his photos are beautiful. And he's always taking pictures in New York, in Brooklyn, things like that. So there's obviously, he's caught my eye. I've got his trust, right? Yeah. Well, he starts posting about a new, like New York pizza place that's going to be opening up. And I'm like, yes, followed my trophy pizza, right? Yeah. It's called trophy pizza, but my trophy pizza is their Instagram handle. So I'm following along, following along, following along for like months. And then I start seeing in their stories of like, boxes of pizza going out. And I'm like, this place doesn't look like it's open yet. (laughs) So Super Bowl Sunday, I check on Apple Maps to see if it's open. Says it is. Go to their website. There's online ordering. Well, they had just been testing the system out. They weren't actually open, but I did not know this. (laughs) I placed an order and then like they call me and I was like, getting ready to go pick it up or something. And I missed the calls. Yeah. So I have all these missed calls. Some are 513, some are 917 numbers, which is New York. And I, so I call him back and he's like, Hey, so, well, the reason I was calling you was to say that we're not open yet. <laughs> but he's like, oh, but no. I know. And this is like my Super Bowl like dinner. These were the plans. Like this is what we were doing. Yeah. And he's like, but we're going to make your pizza anyway. Come on over. I love that. So, I know. So I came over, they made the pizza. It was absolutely amazing. Like this is the real deal. So there's a ton of places in Cincinnati that claim to be the best New York pizza, whatever. This place has a grandma pie, which is like an OG, like Long Island, Brooklyn square pie that like grandma would make at home. Got it. And it's thin crust. It's not like covered in cheese. There's like some cheese, there's pesto, there's tomato, fresh mozzarella. It's delicious. And there's like hits it out of the park. It's really good. And they sell pizza by the slice. I love that. Just like a New York pizza place. So you can go in and you can be like, oh, I want a slice of a plain cheese slice. I want a pepperoni slice. And then like whatever random stuff they have that day. So it's really good. That makes it so easy when you're like on the go. I know. But the owners are awesome. One's like originally from New Jersey. The other one's from here. So they have like a really cool story and they move back here. They have kids. Um, It's a good like Cincinnati NYC 
collab. I know. I love it. So it's really good. So definitely check it out. And then um, funny story. Someone told us on Instagram that it's not in Sharonville, but I thought more people would recognize the location if I said Sharonville. So now I feel like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's like 10 feet from Sharonville, but it is in Evendale. It's like right at the corner of 42 and uh, Glendale Milford. Yeah. So it's right off the so highway. Basically Sharonville. Basically. But it, yeah, it's Evendale. And, and I, I appreciate people calling me out, but I feel yeah. like there's like a 24-hour rule. Like after 24 <laughs> hours, it is expired and you can no longer call me out. <laughs> right. Like we're not we're not deleting it and reposting. Sorry, guys. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Brew Burger Bar is now open in Montgomery in that new development they're doing in downtown Montgomery. Do oh, you know yeah, by the about? new traffic circle. Yep. I think this is the first restaurant that's open in that commercial space so far, but I know there are others planned, which we will tell you about as they open. It's a sit-down restaurant featuring craft beers and burgers. This is their 14th location, with three of those being in Ohio, and there is one downtown in Cincinnati. Okay, yeah. While it is chain-based, Brew Burger does have Cincinnati roots being owned by Mike Cunningham, who is a Cincinnati native. They have an outdoor patio, which will be nice for spring and summer. And here's a fun fact. They're opening a second restaurant in Montgomery Quarter that will be Latin-inspired called Livery. Ooh, love that. Okay. Um, so Level 1 Bar out of Columbus also opened their doors last Friday in the old 16-bit space downtown on Walnut and Mercer. Nice. Um, yeah, it's full of like vintage video games and adult beverages. They don't have food, but they do encourage you to bring in some local goodies and stay to play and drink. Um, this location is currently 21 plus, but we'll have monthly all-ages mini-me hours soon. And um, I love when adult places make kid hours. So that will be really fun for families. And then we'll update you on those if we hear about it. One of my first experiences in Cincinnati, like before I moved here, was going to a party where we did like a beer crawl and we were at that 16-bit location. Yeah. And then we went, because right around the corner is the Gomez Salsa um, location on oh, 12. So you can get Gomez salsa there? So we would go get Gomez and then you could like bring the food in. You can go get pizza. You could bring in whatever you want. That's cool. While you're, while you're drinking and playing video games. So that's really fun. And I love kid hours because I feel like kids like to play games too. And so do I. Yeah. And I need to know when the hours are because I want to take my kids. Yeah, I agree. Hard Rock Casino's buffet has been closed. This month they're opening for two buffet nights. One on March 4th and one on the 18th. They will have prime rib and a seafood buffet for $80 a person. I haven't been to the buffet since before COVID, but they usually do a pretty good spread. And I know they're going to have things like crab legs and a taco station and a dessert station. Plus, there's a huge salad bar. I love a big salad bar. Me too. And oh. I love the casino. I love that we have a casino in Cincinnati. It I think is it's fun. so fun. I think that Hard Rock's done a good job, like, taking it over. They and, have. Yeah. Agree. Um, so this isn't really an opening, but FC Cincinnati just had their first home opener, and they've released a new menu. Nice. Chef Philip Baxman and his team are working really hard to impress FC Cincinnati fans and put out a good quality product. To quote Chef Philip, he said, 
We do the entire process from start to finish. There's 24 hours worth of work in one bite, he said. If you're wondering what 24 hours tastes like, that's it. I'm going to have to go <laughs> taste it then. I know, right? <laughs> so um, they have an AJ's cheesesteak that's like a local partnership with FCC. Um it's a food truck near the BP station in Norwood off Montgomery Road. Um, and then there, that's going to be available under the Bailey at TQL Stadium. And the menu also features some notable Cincy items like Avril Blair hot dogs and Grippo's chips. And then Gomez Salsa is continuing their kiosk at the stadium as well. Nice. Um, I love that they redo the menu each season because a large portion of the people that come to the games are season ticket holders. And it could get really easy to get sick of some of the food for 17 home games a year so that's really I didn't good. know that they so they that. redo it every year mm-hmm. that's cool yeah kind of makes me want to go to an SC game just for the food right <laughs> and the company in charge of the food at TQL does a bunch of other stadiums arenas and concert halls all over the country and even has some restaurants at Disney World nice so, so it's probably pretty good yeah I would say so I'm excited um, to try it and I'm I have to say like people that come into TQL from out of town that have been to like some of the best stadiums in the country yeah. and the world um they really are impressed by what we've got going on there so cool. yeah it is really cool yeah um oh and Roy Rogers is back they opened their first Cincinnati location in Cleves right by the newer like skyline in front of the Three Rivers school building out there off yeah. of 50 um Roy Rogers is a fast food restaurant that serves roast beef sandwiches burgers chicken meals and the one thing that stands out uh about them versus other places is they have like a burger fixin bar. I remember going here as a kid. And I don't then think I've of, ever been. Oh yeah. They were all over when I was a kid and then they just kind of went away. Um, but yeah, so it sounds like they have plans to open more in Cincinnati and Kentucky as the son of the original franchiser has purchased the brand from, I don't remember the name of the like conglomerate that owned it, but I think it's the people that have Hardee's. Okay. Um, and uh, he's working on, you know, building the brand back up to its original glory. So this is like a, you know, it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's fun. I like that. And I, I was looking at pictures of the inside and everything and I saw the little fixins bar Mm -hmm. and it is cute. Like I do want to go and dress up my own burger. Yeah. I love that. Primo is a new Italian restaurant in Middletown that opened this week. It is centered around serving really good steaks and Italian food. So these are the same owners as the steakhouse downtown called Prime. Oh. Yeah. And I actually used to work for both the chef and the owner of Prime and now Primo. And I definitely wouldn't expect anything less than amazing from these guys. They make a great team and they're really good at what they do. Everything they touch seems to turn to restaurant gold. And like, I'm serious. Like Prime downtown is so good. Mm. So on the menu at Primo, there's a boyonese that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. And they also have an asobuco. Oh, I love asobuco. And bolognese is like a classic for the kids. Right. Easy. And then they'll have steaks and plenty of other Italian dishes. And I love that they opened in Middletown. I feel like the foodie scene is really growing there, and it's mm-hmm. fun to see. We're definitely going to make the drive up there to try this place, and we will update you on how it was in the coming episodes. Um, as long as we go when Central Pastry is open, because we're going to have to hit there, too. Yes, I want to try that place, too. <laughs> There's some, I, I have other lists for Middletown of places I want to try. There's some good ones. Middletown's super cute. It is. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Okay. So there's also a new restaurant in Kenwood that opened by City Base cinema called 13 knives kitchen 
So this is over in the Kenwood collection next to the mall where the Whole Foods is. Um, we had such a hard time finding information about this place. Their website does not work. Does not work. <laughs> <laughs> they have a Facebook page and we sent them a message asking for more info or if we could see a menu or whatever. And they just responded back saying, we're open every day but Sunday. So <laughs> thanks for that. Yeah. Um, but so we started really digging in on them and found that they're actually owned by the same people that own city-based cinema. Um, but it's like off the the pictures. It's not part of the cinema. Yeah, it's not in the movie theater. Yeah, so um, it's in the space where the restaurant called Olio used to be. So And I did eat at the Olio restaurant. And oh, it is you? Yeah, it's super cute inside. They have like plants hanging down from the ceiling hmm. so it is a pretty space okay but it will be interesting to see yeah. what they do i really want to see the menu that was like my whole thing yeah i, I feel like that whole area is going through a lot of changes because Ma- the matt the miller closed there too right they're just open in liberty now yeah and I so like the place or i matt yeah matt, matt the miller tavern yeah. or something right yeah, 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 yeah and then they have a hibachi grill over there okay. and they have pies and pints oh yeah and that's a classic and the pies and love. pints is good yeah the kids love pies and pints honestly cool okay but i was thinking i might just go drive over there and check it out like for a happy hour or something oh, just yeah. to see what's going just on just out of curiosity right? like how is a restaurant opening without a menu like, yeah, I, maybe it's like, maybe they're not even officially open. Maybe it's like a soft open situation, like my trophy and you're going to like yeah. bust in on them and they're going to be like, what the heck? Yeah, I, I, I really do want to check it out. So we'll update you next episode on that. Okay. Did we have any closings this week? Unfortunately, yes. Um, oh. Mighty Good OTR Meet and Three restaurant closed, closed for good. Um, oh. I feel this is one of those places where like I kept meaning to go and didn't and unfortunately that was probably a lot of people so see i had never even heard of it oh interesting okay um that also could be the issue (laughs) so they were located across the street from finley market and their last day of service is going to be march 4th um i'm really sad about this place because they were part of the like nonprofit that helps to train cincinnatians um culinary skills to gain employment and break out of poverty so obviously it's a really great initiative the program originally launched and was called social they launched with social OTR um, which closed during the COVID pandemic and was reborn as mighty good OTR so they opened just in 2021 and it's sad to see something that is trying to do good for the city not you know not do well Um, the good news is that CityLink will be continuing the program and they'll be placing students in an external training program with organizations organizations like the Levy Group that we mentioned at TQL Stadium right um, and as for the future of the space, well, Finley Market envisions that the space is going to continue to host um, the short-term, like, startup food innovation kitchens that they have there, um, or potentially a long-term restaurant, but we'll have to see. I hope they do more marketing next time, because I literally had no idea that Mighty Good or Social OTR was even there. Yeah. And I totally would have supported them had I known, like, I know. that they're doing all these good things for the cities. So. I know. It's cool. They have all these spaces where they do short term, and then they try to get the restaurant to be able to, like, launch on their own. Okay. Um, the Empanada Box used to be in one of those spaces, and they're now across the river. I can't remember if they're in Newport or Covington, um, but I need to get over there because... We actually really prefer their empanadas to Che. We're not big on the Che ones. I hate to say that. I really like the Che ones. I know. Well, here's the thing. Um, We're used to a different style of empanada, and Argentinian empanadas are very different from what we're used to, which is more like an Ecuadorian 
empanada. So I yeah. don't think I've it's met an empanada that I don't like. I mean, it's fair. <laughs> it's dough with stuffing like right. it's good but um the empanada box always also has a sweet one so oh yeah, that's interesting to do a dessert one so i love a good apple um but i've had the banana too and they're really good i might piggyback and go there with you <laughs> yes for sure um so what about gomez salsa what are we hearing about them gomez salsa never opened and never will in pleasant ridge Uh-oh. so to quote them on their instagram post we jumped on a great opportunity in a beautiful building, but after much consideration, we have made the decision to no longer move forward with the Pleasant Ridge location. Bummer. It is important to us to stay true to our business model and how our kitchens operate and how we serve our customers, and this location did not enable us to do so. We will continue to focus on our current restaurant locations and bustling catering department, and don't forget to come find our kiosk at an FC game this coming season. Love to all of our loyal customers. Well, that's sad. I know the folks of Pleasant Ridge were really looking forward to that, and it's their most convenient location for me, too. Yeah. But um, I appreciate the honesty. Like, I think it comes – when it comes to business, you should go with your gut and instinct, and it didn't seem that – you know, it seemed like that's what he did. It didn't mm-hmm. seem like it was the right fit. So I wonder what's going to go there instead. I don't know, but I'm definitely curious to see what he's going to do with it because I'm pretty sure that they bought that building. Oh, cool. So I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, could still be a good opportunity for them for sure. Yeah. We have one last closing. Ensign Harbor, a seafood restaurant in Bellevue, has closed their doors, but only to reinvent themselves as a Chinese dim sum eatery. The new restaurant is expected to be open in early spring. Mm, I love me some dim sum. Okay. So what's going on in events this week? It's that time of year again. Cincinnati International Wine Festival is coming up. Woo woo. Okay, Cincinnati Wine Fest has been around since 1991 and was started by Russ Wiles, the president of Heidelberg Distributing. His vision was to bring the wine to the people. I like that. Mm -hmm. Today, the mission of the festival has changed, and now it is geared towards raising funds for different charities in Cincinnati, while still allowing the wine industry to promote themselves. In 2019, it was reported that they donated over $400,000 to local charities, so you can feel good about enjoying yourself with every sip. Festival guests get a complimentary keepsake Riedel wine glass, unlimited tastings, small bites, and best of all, you get to experience over 700 wines from 100 different wineries. Wow. I know, it's so many. <laughs> they also offer high-end tastings and wine pair dinners from local restaurants, but most of these are already sold out. I have gone a couple times. Oh, have you ever gone? I haven't, but I'm very excited to go this year. Events at Duke are always super overwhelming for me, but where else are you going to fit in that many vendors? Well, it's kind of set up like Beer Fest at the convention center. You buy your ticket and choose your time slot to attend. When you walk in, you're handed a wine glass, and basically your only responsibility is to not lose your glass. Oh, good call. (laughs) (laughs) Because you only get one, right? I am such a wine snob, so last year I carried around a bottle of water with me, and I literally rinsed out my wine glass in between every tasting. For sure. 
So something to note is that this is a big event and it will be jam-packed with wine lovers. So you definitely have to be in the mood to be around a lot of people if you go. Sure. I love your pro tips. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. It looks like a crowded event. Um, and you are definitely a wine snob. I am. Same. <laughs> um, but it will definitely be a fun event. Um, it takes place from March 9th to 11th and we'll have the links to get tickets in the show notes. I do also hear for our other wine snobs um, that might not be like, ooh, an event at Duke. Yeah, let me go. Um, they are going to have a lot more wine vendors that are focused on sustainability and natural wines this year. Yeah. I think it's going to be like 10% of them, I heard. So. I heard that too. And last year, it was a lot of wines that were sold in Kroger, which I kind of liked because then I can go to Kroger and buy the wine that I tried. It's accessible, sure. But it's also nice that they're bringing some things in this year that we maybe haven't had before. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to tell people that we're hosting a giveaway to win two free tickets. Oh, yes. We're giving away two free tickets on our Cincinnati Foodies Instagram page. So definitely check that out and enter and good luck. Good luck. Let's talk about breakfast at six in the morning. Ooh, six in the morning. So it's spelled six, the number six, capital N, and then the morning without the G. So right. <laughs> it is a no frills breakfast walk-in restaurant with limited dine-in seating. Um, it's open from 6 to 2 every day but Tuesday, which I love because everything else is closed on Mondays. And this place is open so restaurant people can actually go and enjoy themselves. Um, but so this was inspired by an Atlanta transplant with roots in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, his name's Trey. And he came to Cincinnati for a corporate job and quickly realized that there weren't any restaurants that had like his childhood favorite breakfast foods. So he called his friend Josh, who is now the GM. And he was in New Orleans and was like, hey, there's no one making salmon croquettes. So we're going to, I'm going to need you to run this place for me. Let's get going. Um, we did an interview with Josh um, but we are a new potty here and don't quite have all of the right sound equipment required to do an interview in a loud, busy restaurant because this place was hopping and the music was a vibe. So, um, but the, the interview was really good and I'm so glad we got to come in and try their food. I was not expecting it to be so good, but some of our best foodie finds have been places serving food out of styrofoam containers. Absolutely. And I'm actually craving one of their omelets right now. Mm, and I'm craving that shrimp and grits. Yep. Maybe we should get some after we're done recording. Let's. <laughs> but seriously, though, the shrimp and grits had a flavor like no one else that I've seen this far north. Um, it tastes like it's like a grandma recipe. It's just had that savory, cooked with love taste to it. Like, so good. I've still got my mind on the omelet. It was so fluffy and hot. Mm -hmm. I bet it would travel well for takeout or delivery. Mm -hmm. And the best part is that even though the food was on the heavier side, I didn't feel bloated or, like, gross after eating it. No. Which I'm thinking it's because they use, like, really fresh ingredients. Oh, for sure. Like, a lot of times the omelet ingredients that you got, sometimes they're, like, soggy or mushy. Like, the peppers, the fresh, like, bell peppers. Yeah. And these were, like, had a little bite to them. They were delicious. And cheesy. Mm, yeah. And I don't even like shrimp and grits, but yeah. I was really into the shrimp and grits they had there. It was so good. And it was just, you have to have some grease with your shrimp and grits and it was just the right amount for so sure. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so in this week's random news and rumors, White Castle is testing a new French toast slider in their Cincinnati locations. Wow. I know, right? They're going to be doing that test through April 9th. 
The French toast slider includes scrambled egg, melted cheese, choice of sausage or bacon, sandwiched between two slices of French toast bread, flavored with vanilla, cinnamon, and butter. My mouth is literally watering listening to you talk about that. Literally. Is this going to be another sandwich that I'm going to like take apart or do you think, do we think I can eat this together? (laughs) I mean, it's actually kind of genius because McDonald's doesn't do their 24 hour breakfast anymore. Mm. And sometimes I crave breakfast later in the day. So I love this. I think it's going to do well. It'll be interesting to see if they put it on the menu nationwide. Agreed. I'm going to have to go check it out. So I was scrolling on Reddit the other day Uh (laughs) as one does. Mm -hmm. And saw that Mio's pizza was heavily fined for violating child labor laws. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. So I had to do some digging into it. It Turns out it's true. They were fined $30,000 for violating U.S. labor laws. Ouch. Yeah. $30,000 and $12,000 in back wages. The Marymount and Milford locations were the only ones affected, though. Uh So that's good to know. It was reported that there were 16 minors under the age of 16 who were allegedly allowed to use fryers and operate gas stoves with open flames. That sounds (laughs) ill-advised. Where did they get these kids from and where were their parents? Right? That's Uh, what I'm wondering. Yeah. The the Blue Ash location closed last year, so I wonder if they actually were participating but they closed before they could get sued yeah yeah i know i have no clue because allegedly one of them was a manager and was denied overtime wages after a higher up manager claimed they were a salaried employee that was exempt from overtime wages yeah lots of salaried minors running around that crazy (laughs) sounds sus for sure yeah apparently since this came out the milford location is now under new ownership but we don't have clarity if the if the marymont location is as well the reddit thread explained that these two locations were owned by the same franchisee black cat pizzeria inc but were we are unclear if it's the same owners um, of Black Cat Pizzeria in Loveland. Um, I reached out to them to double check if they are connected, but have not heard back. So um, we were trying to do some digging to see if the Mio's brand has addressed any of this, but it doesn't appear like it has. Um, All we could find is a Facebook post from 2020 that reads, we're hiring, must be 16 (laughs) years old, Sunday through Thursday hours, 5 to 9, Friday and Saturday, 4.30 to 10. You can fill out an application online or stop by the store and pick one up. If you fill out the online app, please print it and drop it off. That's funny. (laughs) It's funny. Um, As far as the Marymount location, goes. We have no updates for you, but want to mention that Mio's is a franchise, so the other locations are not affected and running their business according to the law, as far as we are aware. Yeah, hopefully they are. (laughs) I know. I honestly like Mio's. Like, they're one of the only deep dish pizzas that we have in Cincinnati. I know there's a few new places that offer deep dish pizza now, Uh but like 10 years ago, Mio's was really the only one. Yeah, I used to go there in high school a lot, but I actually haven't been there since, um, I don't know, like 1998 but um I but they do Chicago style deep dish right I feel like the other deep dishes that we have are Detroit style like more of that like pan pizza I don't know Hmm, I I I do like it though and I used to date a guy that worked at the Marymount location and he was totally like 16 when he was working there like I don't (laughs) think he was underage but he was 16 there you go there you go So in other rumors, Cincinnati Magazine featured a photo on the cover of their March 2023 issue 
from recently closed Royce restaurant. Oops. Then they mentioned Pearl Star in their what to eat now list. <laughs> <laughs> like they should have added that to where you should have ate last month list. <laughs> We're kidding. But seriously, it just goes to show you how much the Cincinnati foodie scene is always changing. The magazines cannot keep up with the openings and closings of places. How embarrassing is that for them, though? It is pretty embarrassing. But you're right. The Cincinnati food scene is moving so fast. I'm sure it's hard for print media to keep up. It's funny that they're featuring a restaurant on the cover <laughs> that honestly wasn't that good anyway. Right. But um, it should have been Pearl Star probably on the cover versus Royce. But, you know, that's why it's good that we have this biweekly podcast so things can get out a little more timely and we can change things last minute. Right. It must be really hard for print. I agree. I think it's really hard for the magazines right now. Yeah. Ooh. So one thing I wanted to bring up. Okay. Listen. Restaurateurs and investors that are still listening to this podcast. Um, one of our listeners sent me an account on Instagram and it's called at R and B underscore brunch. And I did some digging because hello. So like this is a bi-weekly brunch held at the last word in Livermore, California. California. They have a DJ playing all R&B while people brunch and like spontaneously get up and dance and like burst into song. It's amazing. Like who's bringing this here? So yes. like you showed it to me and like we need to have this in Cincinnati. I feel like we do. Yes. So or is someone doing this in Cincinnati already and we don't know about it? If you have any answers, DM us. We need to know. Yeah, we want a party brunch. <laughs> yes, we do. Well, thank you for sitting through episode four of Cincinnati Foodies. If you're still here with us, yeah. you guys are amazing. And we will talk to you in two weeks. Yeah, next week, I think we're going to go over some fun things to do for Red's opening day, like some fun foodie things. Oh, yeah. And we're also going to North Star in Liberty Township. Ooh, I can't so, wait. Yeah. Stay right. tuned. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cincinnati Foodies. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and follow us on Instagram. If you have any news, restaurants to check out, or you would like to be featured, you can email us at CincinnatiFoodies513 at gmail.com or slide into those DMs at Cincinnati Foodies on Instagram.